0: Blockchains, DeFi, stablecoins. It seems like they're quickly becoming a part of our conversations. But what's behind it all? Today, we're going to look at how crypto works. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union, Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Last episode, I mentioned that I did a money experiment. If you're subscribed to the newsletter, you got the sneak peek of what we're talking about. Cryptocurrencies. While crypto isn't anything new, in the last few years, especially within the last year, I've just noticed a dramatic shift in promoting them. I've also noticed that there's been a lot more noise and big promises and not much in the way of education. I see companies spreading the word about crypto focused on how revolutionary it is and how it can close the wealth gap. But I don't see enough discussion about the underlying technology behind it, how it actually works. And I'm a big believer of Educating yourself and understanding things before you go invest in them. Based on the feedback I've been seeing with you guys in the community, I see that some of you are dabbling in crypto, but you want to know more. I decided I was going to do a six-month experiment to learn a little bit more about the ins and outs of crypto. This isn't the first time I learned about cryptocurrency. But it is the first time I dedicated myself to sitting down, reading the articles, talking within the community to understand how the technology works itself. I wanted to learn how easy was it to buy, sell, and mine the crypto coins. Man, what a time I jumped in. Just in the past six months, we've seen cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana have their value slashed by over half. Fidelity announced that its customers could add Bitcoin to their retirement accounts. And just recently, Terra Stablecoin collapsed. So there was a lot of things happening. But for me, this was an opportunity to understand the pros and cons up close. Even with everything down and people questioning whether crypto is here to stay, there are plenty of people who are saying now is a great time to get into it because it's so cheap. But is that really true or is it just hype? That's why I made this episode. It's not a deep dive into crypto, but instead it's meant to give you a lay of the land so you can decide if it's something that you want to explore further. In today's episode, we'll get into how cryptocurrencies work. We'll decode some of the terms that are thrown about and then we'll talk about how you can buy, sell, and yes, mine some cryptocurrencies yourself. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. Before we get into the different cryptocurrencies and how to buy, sell, or mine them, let's go over overall, how do they work? Since we're using this word currency, I'm gonna start there. One of the big things about crypto is that it's not owned by an individual or a particular company. There's not a bank or a government that's issuing it. It's all decentralized, hence that term you hear, DeFi. And its value is determined by the community, supply, and demand. There's no, for example, gold or a government backing it up. And for some people, that's kind of hard to wrap their minds around. But for The crypto community, that's a big feature. It is literally backed by the community and their trust in it. It's this community trust that's really the backbone of it. But if you're making financial trades with someone else who is a complete stranger, how can you know that you can really trust them? This is where that all-important technology, the blockchain, comes in. You can think of a blockchain like a public record or ledger where every single transaction is recorded and the community has access and a copy of it. Keep in mind that this ledger is append only, meaning you can't undo a transaction, like with a credit card refund. Instead, you would document both transactions, the transfer and then the transfer back. It's designed so two strangers can make an exchange without getting approval or verification from a bank, merchant, or middleman like PayPal or Venmo. Speaking of transactions, just like you have a wallet for your money, including your cards and cash, you'd also have a wallet for crypto. There's no central power regulating it, so it's even more important for you to keep your wallet secure. You can have your wallet online and that's called a hot wallet, or you can have an offline or cold wallet. With all wallets, you have two keys, public and a private one. Your public key is kind of, think of it like your bank account. That's what's included in the ledger when you make these transactions. Your private key kind of functions like your password or PIN, so you can access your wallet. You want to keep your private key super secure, because if you don't, you can't access that money. It's your proof of identification in a way. Even though Bitcoin has the biggest market cap and it's one of the most well-known cryptocurrencies, the market space has a ton of options. If you go to CoinMarketCap, you'd find just under 10,000 coins being tracked. Some of the other big ones include Ethereum, Tether, Cardano, Solana, and Dogecoin here's something that might surprise you with cryptocurrency. Usually when people talk about the benefits of why they're using it, they'll highlight how anonymous it is. They'll say that's money you can use without going through a bank. And that's true. But there's more to it. Because there is a public ledger, cryptocurrency is actually more transparent with the transaction. Fun fact, when I was exploring some of the education material on Coinbase, It noted on its article about the myths of crypto that it's often easier for authorities to track certain illicit activities than it would be with traditional financial systems, which sounds weird. But going back to the ledger, everything is public. We all have equal access. While there might not be a name attached to it with your wallet, that public key is seen. So if someone has the time and energy and skills, they can get a fairly clear idea of the transactions being made from a wallet. Now, what are some of the downsides of crypto? One is the high energy use. And that in particular is when you have a coin that's based on proof of work. Don't worry, we'll get into that in a little bit more. Another key concern is the speed of processing transactions as well as the cost. Right now, crypto is still a small niche space, but even now it's struggling with the processing time and there has to be some improvements with the technology before I believe more people will adopt it as their main way of handling their finances. To give you an idea, Visa can process 24,000 transactions a second versus Bitcoin processing seven in a second and they still have to sort out a bit of that. As far as replacing your debit or credit cards, crypto is still in its early stages. They're gonna have to work on those issues before I think you'll see more people jump into this space. All right, so we covered a high level review of how crypto works. As you can see, even with going over the essentials and fundamentals, there's a lot of terms that are used that are very specific to the space. Right now, I wanna hone in a bit on the coins and how they work. We mentioned this briefly when we were talking about high energy usage. With coins, you can lump them into two groups based on the method on how they validate those transactions that are made. Remember, everything is on that blockchain, it's on that ledger but how do you validate it since we don't have a central unit verifying things? The verification is done through the community and the two main systems that coins use are proof of work and proof of stake. With proof of work, this is the older one. Coins like Bitcoin, Ethereum, the 1.0, and Dogecoin use this system. And this is where a miner or a person with a computer Has that equipment and it runs algorithms to validate that transaction. And in return, they can earn more coins. It is secure, but it uses a lot of energy and it is slower. With a proof of stake system, the validators actually would put in a token, kind of like a collateral, and they would validate those transactions. And as a reward, They would get more of that coin. Coins using proof of stake include Ethereum 2.0, Cardano, and BNB. Wait a minute. I just mentioned token and I just mentioned coin. So let me just break that down a little bit further. With that proof of stake system, the coin is the actual, let's just say, the actual currency, the one that has the value and is being exchanged. In this case, the token, it gives you that right to validate the transaction. So that is not a part of the blockchain. It's kind of a system that's built on top of that. Hopefully I didn't lose you there. Finally, I want to talk about stable coins. These are cryptocurrencies that are actually kind of almost like a hybrid because they're cryptocurrencies, but they're tied to an asset. One popular one is the US dollar. And the idea behind it is to minimize that volatility. Many platforms actually also offer competitive interest rates if you invest and hold stable coins. Now, this doesn't mean that it's completely safe. We've seen recently with Terra that there is risk involved and you may lose your money with that. Now, hopefully that gives you a better idea of the different types of coins that are out there and how they work. There's so many topics that we can get into because they're connected to crypto, but I'm not going to cover them because they're outside the scope of what we're talking about. But I definitely want to recommend that you research into Web 3.0 and NFTs. They deserve their own episodes because it can get really complicated very fast. And there's a lot of people that are hyping it up, but not really explaining the technology. Okay, we've covered quite a bit in just a few minutes, but now's the fun part. How do you buy, sell, or mine crypto? Let's say you're interested in learning more about crypto and you're thinking about doing your own money experiment. Where do you start? How do you buy, trade, and mine the crypto? Well, I have some good news for you. It is much easier to get into the crypto space Try things out and learn a lot more. Let's start off with buying, trading, and selling. There are so many different platforms you can work directly with each coin, but now there are different exchanges like Coinbase, eToro, Crypto.com, Gemini, Kraken, and more that can make it almost as easy as logging into your bank or logging into your investment company. The bad news is you definitely have to be informed before you do because there is a lot of hype out there. Whatever platform you decide to use, though, you definitely want to do your homework. Because this is not centrally regulated, you're kind of on your own. Please don't put a significant amount of money in until you educate yourself about the risks. Read those reviews carefully. Talk with your customers to see which one would be the best fit for you. For this money experiment, I went with Coinbase. It was a combination of things. I liked that they had access to more than 150 cryptocurrencies. It was fairly easy to set up and use. Plus, you can actually earn some crypto for free by watching video lessons and taking quizzes. I signed up, verified by the identification and also linked my bank account because this was an experiment. I focused on just Two coins I went with, Ethereum and Solana. But I did take advantage of their learn and earn opportunity. I have about a dozen cryptocurrencies that I'm currently in. But most of them with the learn and earn aren't significant amounts, but just enough to understand the different technologies that are there. While I do like having something like Coinbase, I find it ironic that for many people that's the easiest way to enter because it's introducing a middleman. One of the things with the cryptocurrency space is it's trying to be more direct. I think we're still in the early stages and there's a lot of issues that have to get worked out. But if you are considering getting a little bit into uh, cryptocurrencies and learning more, using a platform like this is probably the most convenient way to go. Now with mining you can actually earn some cryptocurrencies with your computer. And there are three key components to this. You have your wallet, which we've mentioned before, your hardware, which is your computer, and then your mining software. With mining cryptocurrencies, you have to have a software program. Honestly, I thought this would be one of the easier parts of the process, but it turned out to be quite hard. The reason was, I was trying to find a software I was comfortable with. And really, you're downloading a program that, unless you're a programmer or have experience with software, you don't know what you're putting on your computer. There are different options out there. I was looking at reviews. Some of the popular ones I saw were multi-minor, CG-minor, Easy minor minor, BFG-minor. The one I ended up with for my experiment was NiceHash. I did like that they owned every piece of the software and they had a good reputation and it was very simple to use. Now the last part of that was the hardware for crypto. I think many people think oh because I'm mining it it's free but there's two costs that are associated with that. You need to consider one the electrical use but then two the hardware itself for the computer. If you're mining Bitcoin your computer needs to be able to perform intensive equations. And that means that you're probably going to have to buy specialized hardware unless you have top of the model series. Mine is an NVIDIA RTX 3070 Ti, which is retailing now between $600 to around $900. It's not cheap. So is mining profitable? Can you make some money off of it? Well right now I would say no. That's because the value of the crypto market has dropped considerably so if you're looking for a quick win this is not the way to go. But if you do believe that the value will go back up you can mine it now and hopefully see that as an investment for the future. All right so that is the basics of buying selling and mining and you probably have some more questions About it, if you're a newsletter subscriber, hit reply and send your questions in or go to our free Facebook group called Thriving Families, where we talk about that intersection of family finances. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more At simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on a few key takeaways I picked up after working on this episode. The first one is, I believe the technology behind crypto is going to stay here in some shape or form. We're still in the early stages and there are some major issues that have to get worked out. But I believe that many people want to have more options with dealing with their finances online and want a better system for that. Crypto might not be the solution, but I think the technology behind it could start opening some new opportunities. Which leads to my second takeaway. Educate yourself. Especially if you are thinking of investing, and this doesn't just relate to crypto, but any type of investment. Education is the foundation. Better understanding how something works, whether that's a company or in this case, The different currencies makes you better able to weigh the pros and cons and and assess the risk so you can make a decision that makes sense to you. It also acts as a protection against FOMO. You need to take a step back and be comfortable with it and understanding why you're putting your money into this. That leads to the last one, which is especially when we're talking about crypto and other investments that you're learning about. Never put in money that you can't afford to lose. I set aside a small amount of money because I did want to get into the trenches and better understand what's going on and get an idea of the ecosystem with crypto. And I hope that you do the same. I don't want you to risk the money that you've worked so hard for and are saving for goals like retirement. Finally, I know we only scratched the surface So if you want to dig more into the crypto space, let me know. I'm actually planning a video series on crypto that will break down some of the topics we talked about in their own individual episodes, but I'm going to keep it pretty short and pretty accessible. If you have a question or you want to sign up to get updates, just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash crypto. I want to help you feel confident with handling your finances. So I'd love to get your input and have you be a part of this. I hope this episode gave you some clarity about crypto and how it works. As always, I'll have the resources we've mentioned today, plus more tools that can make managing your money easier over in the show notes at Simplify and Enjoy. Next week on the podcast, we're wrapping up this set of episodes with another listener mailbag. I enjoy doing these because it's centered around your questions. We have some great ones coming up, including figuring out home budget projects, dividing your budget into buckets for different goals that you have, and also travel questions. But there's still time for you to send yours in. I'll be recording next Monday after I get back from my vacation. Go to the show notes or check out the sidebar on Simplify and Enjoy. To submit your questions. So if you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme was by Staircases with additional music by various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, I want to thank you, not just for listening, but for being a part of the community. Every tweet, review, and share you post gets the word out so more families can simplify things and enjoy what truly matters. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.